everybody. This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 59.1. And we continue our playthrough of Earthbound, the Super NES RPG. Uh, we've covered a good amount, and we're going to try and do that here. Uh, and I'm going to try my best not to what forget everything. <laughs> because, man... So, we last left off just as Ness was trying to rescue Paula from being kidnapped. Uh, Paula had been, uh, which I, I'm, I'm screwing it up. I'm already getting into the game. Matt is here. Sorry <laughs> for the introduction. Hey, guys. But, yeah, so, <laughs> um, Paula is being ca- has been captured by a weird cult who wants to paint everything blue because that's what makes them happy. They all dress in blue and have blue hoods. I'll be honest with you, they look kind of like KKK members, but in blue outfits. Yeah, some kind of Smurf KKK. Yeah. Oh, shoot. So uh, we go through um, some caves to reach this small town where all these blue people are. And they have her locked up in a cage. Uh, when we run into her, she's like, oh, it's you, Ness. You, I've been trying to call you through telekinesis for, for a long time. Yeah, what took you so long? Yeah, what took you so long? And, well, we had to travel between two towns to get to you. We're also 13 years old. So... Uh, you gotta, gotta deal with hippies and... <laughs> hippies and aliens and Fucking dogs just went nuts. Uh, it's crazy. So she wants us to go get a key, which the key is being held by the leader of the cult. Um, I think we just make it to the cult leader, right? Yeah, I, I don't think there was a whole lot of uh, story in getting there. Yeah, so we had to go. That, we had to go through that happy, happy valley. Which at that point I think was the hardest part in the game. Not that it was terribly hard, but you know there was the part with the you know there's a, a bridge or two that are out. You have to fight those trees that explode. So you know it got a little bit. Or was that that was before we got to the happy village? Maybe. Yeah, that was getting to the happy village. Yeah, I think after that it was it was real quick. There was just a couple of caves and then the the leader. Yeah. So we made it to the leader. The leader is using. What was that thing? Like a statue or something? And it was making everybody feel weird? Mm. And wanting to change everything blue? It was like an idol or something. I can't remember. But, anyway. We have our next boss fight, which is the leader of the cult. Not too difficult here, I don't think. Yeah, his name was Mr... Carpenter? 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 Yeah. Uh, beat him, get the key, go back to uh, Paula to rescue her. There was that one weird scene with all of... We walk into that room and there's like a maze of cultists. Yeah. And you just have to figure out which ones are you know nice enough to move out of your way. Yeah. You just have to talk to them and tell them to move. Yeah. Um... So we get our next party member, Paula, joins our party. And I, I had to look it up because I was curious. Uh, Ness is 13 years old. Paula is 11. And uh, later on, we're going to meet a guy named Jeff, who is also 13. Um, but um, Paula is a psychic user. So she's basically our mage throughout this entire game. Um She's not very strong as it goes as far as physical attacks. She has yeah, a lot. And, on, Go ahead. and on top of that, while she's 13 years old, she does not start at level 13. No. She starts at level 1, and that's one thing that we're going to have to, I guess, get used to. Grant, there's only four party members in this entire game, from what I can tell. Thankfully. And <laughs> I think when you get those party members, they start at level 1. Uh, because Paula started at level one and had like 20 hit points. And I'm going through this place with burning fucking trees and shit. 
and she's just getting the shit kicked out of her. And there's a here comes the next part of the strange mechanics of this game. So as we've said before, just playing as Ness in our party, if if he falls in battle, we basically start back from the last place we saved. Granted, it's not reverting back to a previous save. It's basically all the experience, money, and stuff like that that you've earned is still there. But, you know, enemies constantly respawn, so when you leave a dungeon and come back, they're going to be there. But you keep all the experience. If you leveled up a couple of times, you still have those levels. If you bought any equipment, anything like that, you keep it. But, if all the party members fall in battle when you have other party members in your party, when you come back, you just have Ness in your party. And you have, like, the ghosts or whatever. They, they look like angels, floating angels, because they have halos over their head. They are in the hospital. So you then have to go to your local hospital, pay a doctor's fee to get them out of the hospital. They then rejoin the party with full hit points and PP, or magic points, basically. I think yeah, it's psychic, psychic points. Yeah. Um... But you have to pay a fee. Not only that, you have to first find a hospital, which comes into play a little bit later on. Because I had some issues toward the end of this episode where I had to go all the fucking way back to town to just go to the hospital to get my two party members out. So this is, like, it's so weird. There's, like... The mechanics in this game are just so strange to me. Yeah, they're, they're very strange, but I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of when this came out, and I think it would have been fun, because as, as kind of weird as they are, at least it's clear, all right, you need to go to the hospital. They're, so far in this game, I haven't found all that many sort of Phoenix Downs or equivalents. There, there have been a couple. I've used a couple, but to be honest, it's not the kind of thing I can rely on. And the one or two I think that I've found in stores are so absurdly expensive, I don't think I can buy them. So, you know, you really are kind of forced to find that hospital over and over again if, if, if need be. Yeah. And it, you know, at least that part of it's kind of clear. There, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. Like, I'm really wondering what it would have been like to play this game when it came out. It probably would have been revolutionary. Yeah. So many of these things are, are kind of cool. And then the kind of the weird setting and kind of the weird, uh, humor style, you know, all, all of this stuff I think would have been really, really interesting. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you know, back in those days, if you died in combat, well, you're just going to have to reload from the, it sends you back to the main menu and you have to reload your last save, you know? So it definitely helps out with grinding, I feel. Um, but it is still kind of tedious. Yeah. Uh, so after we get Paula, we return back to, uh, Tucson. And uh, the next thing on our list, we got to figure out a way to get to Threed, which is the next town over. Um, so there is a venue, like a music venue, uh, and there is a band playing there. Uh, we, uh, crap, we, we have to get money. Where do we get the money? I can't remember where we got the money from. Uh, yeah, it's like $10,000 that we get. They give it to Paula for some reason. But for the life of me, I can't think of why they gave it to Paula or who gave it to Paula. Uh, well, this is sort of after... So before we get to any of this stuff, we still have another one of our Your Sanctuary areas. That kind of parallels or That's right. parallels the giant step from the first one that we found. Right, right, right. Yeah. What did we fight here? I can't even remember. Uh, it's a giant mole. Okay. Because 
it's basically still when we're over by the happy, happy village. You know, now that we have Paula, we can get through another set of caves to get to. They were calling them the the, the Lilliput steps, like the Lilliputian steps. Uh-huh. So it was sort of the opposite of one giant step. It was just a bunch of little steps, which sounds not at all majestic. <laughs> or, you know, this is I don't understand why there's any wonder in a bunch of small steps. Right. Unless they were weirdly, like, perfectly human-sized, but, like, two inches long or something like that, or human-shaped. I feel like I skipped this. Could for, you have? For the life of me, I feel like I skipped this. I don't think I got the second sound. Well, I wonder what that does to the game. I gotta know. I have to know. Because... I'm surprised it lets you continue without getting that second sound. Well, see, I just, went, I just went back to town after getting Paula. Yeah, I think you get Paula, then you then you do the second sanctuary, then you go back to town. Uh, what, what are they called? Sanctuary sounds? Uh, something melodies, I thought. It's at your. It, I don't know why they put it in parentheses and call it your sanctuary. It seems like such an awkward way to phrase it. Here's the next your sanctuary. They could have just said sanctuary, I think. Um. Uh, boy. Yeah, we fought a giant mole. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I saw. I, saw, I just looked it up. Game facts here. Where is the second sound soundstone location at? Is it somewhere I may have missed it? I just finished four sides. Could it be there? It's in Happy Happy Village right next to the cave you went through to save Paula. There should be another cave heading east. This leads to Lilliput Steps and your second melody. It's not Refinder. My strategy is to skip it until you get Jeff and beat three, then go back to Happy Village. That way you have a better chance of raising Jeff's stats. Shit, I did miss it. <laughs> I've got to go back to Tucson. Fuck me. I like, because, like, I remember looking at it, I was like, this is the third sound. I'm like, I don't remember getting a second sound, like, in the, like, when I looked at the fact. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Shit, I yeah, completely because... skipped this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised the game lets you, but. I mean, you can, it's kind of an open world, in a sense. Um, so I guess I gotta go all the way back to fucking Tucson, because I'm already in Foresight. Yeah, because I was going to say, after that, then we go back to Tucson, and it's just the guy who was the uh, the guy who was like the gang leader in the park, in Berglund Park. Yeah. Basically, he asks you to join him and then says, oh, you wouldn't join me anyway. Here's $10,000. Right. <laughs> and then you use that to pay off the the group's debt, basically. Yeah. Um. So, um, we, um, yeah, we go pay the, the group's debt. The group is called the Runaway Five, but there's six members in the band. Yeah, at first I thought it was five and a manager, but the manager's usually the one sitting behind the desk. Yeah. Not part of the five-person group. Um, these guys are apparently notorious for uh, screwing up stuff and owing people a lot of money. Because <laughs> it happens again, which we'll get into. But so after we paid off the debt for the band by using the tons of money, we then um, uh, hitch a ride on the bus, the tour bus with them, and they take us to Threed. And Threed has got a lot of things going on. The first thing is it's infested with zombies and ghosts yeah and so so that's the main part but also it's got a circus tent a circus vibe yeah and so all of those things together can't get more like halloween feeling yeah so we you know go, this, this we town reminds town. me i was gonna say costume quest costume quest yeah it's a lot like costume quest so uh and people are afraid of the zombies they're running around. There's multiple grave yards that we have to go to. Um, and talk about some convoluted stuff here. 
So, first off, we have to go to a certain tent that is actually a possessed tent and fight it. <laughs> when we fight it, we get a jar of honey. And we then have to use that jar of honey in multiple spots. Because the honey apparently attracts zombies. Yeah, perfectly uh, normal lore, right? Right. <laughs> All the zombies I know are attracted to honey. So then we were trying to make it to this underground facility. Uh, because... We have a feeling this is what's controlling all the zombies and stuff like that. So we go. Uh, I'm obviously skipping a lot of stuff. I had to grind here because these zombie stuff, like the stuff in the graveyards, were wrecking me for a while. Yeah. Um. So we have to then use the jar of honey in one of the tents for some reason. Yeah, you have to spread it all over the floor so that the zombies come in and get stuck to it like flypaper. Yeah. No, no, that's the zombie paper. Yeah, that's the zombie paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we, because of that, we then open up an area in the graveyard that allows us to go underground. Oh, yeah, the honey, like, attracted them, so it pulled them away from their guard area. Yeah. So we're able to go underground. When we go underground, we immediately get captured. Uh, Ness and Paula get captured by, I don't know what, ghosts. And they're thrown into a holding cell. This is when the game takes a drastic turn. Yep, because uh, they can't get out. <laughs> yeah, they can't get out. So Paula then uses her psychic abilities to contact another person that she needs to, she's destined to be with, to save the world, and that's Jeff. And Jeff lives in a place called Winters, which is way up north. So I'm, I'm guessing Jeff lives in Massachusetts. We'll just put it that way. Um, well, <laughs> go ahead. That No, I was just going to say, that's where it gets weird. Actually, I'm not sure what part this was in. Was it the happy... Valley, maybe it was the next section. Yeah, I think it was the next section where it, it says that our setting might not be America. Remember, there's a Stonehenge. Right. Which is, you know, they didn't say rock formation. It was actual Stonehenge. So unless, you know, unless they just mean any Stonehenge and not the Stonehenge. Right. But it was set up, it was set up to look exactly like it. So, well, it's is as much as I would imagine they would want to replicate it. So, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's very clearly an American, not American game, but a game set in America. So that, that, that part really threw me well, because. Well, yeah. So he, maybe he lives in England. So maybe Jeff is from England and well, that's technically up North. So let's put it this way. So later on, we <laughs> go through a fucking desert, right? What if we started out? What if Onet is in like somewhere in California? And we continue, okay. we continue moving east, we eventually make it to a desert, right? So that's, I don't know, that's probably Death Valley? Sure. Or the, you know, the, the, the desert. Arizona. I don't know, somewhere in Arizona. Who knows? Sure. But anyway, so we, we actually take over as Jeff. Jeff is going to a boarding school. And uh, he gets awoke in the middle of the night by Paula in his dreams. And she's telling him he needs to come south. That's it. Yeah, apparently, if he was in England and she was in California, I'd need a little bit more instruction than that, I think. True. <laughs> you know what? It kind of does make sense, because not only do we run into Stonehenge, but we also run into the Loch Ness Monster. Yep. So, so he, he's over there. He could, the be, he could be in the UK. So... Um, we uh, and here's the thing about Jeff. Jeff starts off at level one again. Luckily, the enemies around here are not high level that Ness and Paula have been fighting. Jeff is also not a magic user at all, so he does not have any PP. 
He is an inventor who uh, uses special gadgets. And what happens is, is like if he has a high enough IQ, when you rest at a hotel or a uh, you know anywhere where you can rest for the night, uh, he can sometimes repair items that you find out in the field and turn them into weapons. So he can uh, fix broken stuff and make a new weapon out of it, or he can make special items like the slime generator, which can freeze guys for a turn, kind of thing, stuff like that. Um, I know you sent me a text last night saying Jeff is a useless piece of shit. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, he's so vastly underpowered for me. Yeah. And with no magic abilities and yeah, he, he's, he's, a fa- he may be a fantastic inventor inventor, but if you don't spend the money to buy him bombs and bottle rockets and all that kind of nonsense, he doesn't do anything in battle. Other than basic attack over and over and over, and that's it. He can't do anything else. Yeah. So, um, he he's obviously on his own, uh, and he is moving south. Um, I take that back. He does eat a lot of croissants, so he does that. <laughs> that's because you're making him because his hit points are low. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we continue south just as Jeff. Um, He uses weapons that are like shooting weapons, like lasers, stuff like that. Yeah, slingshots, toy guns, air guns. Yeah. So um, eventually we make it to, I guess, the Loch Ness Monster. These people are trying to – these people are camping out. You can sleep in the, the camp with them. Um, yeah, that is another good point too. This could have been any sea monster, but they actually call it Nessie. Yeah, we're waiting on so Nessie. The fact that they gave it a specific name like that, you know, would sort of dictate what region it's in. Right. So, um, uh, we eventually make it to where we can have. So, at the beginning, he gets a monkey. This is how fucking weird this game is. <laughs> so we go to a store. So we leave the boarding school and we go to a store. And there's somebody there selling bubble gum. We buy a pack of bubble gum and there's a monkey at in the store at the door. We give the monkey the bubble gum and he follows us. The monkey yeah, we basically so, yeah. bribed him. <laughs> so the monkey follows us around. And he sometimes helps out in battle. A lot of times he just scratches his head or something during his turn. But sometimes he will hit stuff. But we use him to solve puzzles. Uh, And um, we give him bubble gum and he can blow bubbles and he can float up into the sky and reach higher places. Which helps us out in a couple of puzzle situations. But uh, the monkey basically commandeers... The Loch Ness Monster, so we can then ride the Loch Ness Monster across the lake. Oh, I see here it's actually called Tessie, not Nessie. Tessie, yeah. So maybe it isn't the Loch Ness Monster, it's just a sea monster. Right. Um, and when we eventually, we eventually make it to the point where we're at Stonehenge. And it does say Stonehenge, the Stonehenge. Uh, and there's cavemen walking around for some reason. <laughs> and if you fight them, they will murder you, so don't touch them. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, but there's a research facility right there at Stonehenge. When we go in. Of course, of course there is. Yeah. When we go inside, we meet this uh, professor, uh, research scientist guy. It comes to find out it's actually Jeff's dad. He's like, I haven't seen you since you were one. Anyway, here. Jump into this spaceship and go somewhere. Yeah, adios, child. (laughs) So he's like, hey, I got this new device. You want to try it out? It says it can take you places. And it's basically, it's it's not a spaceship. It's kind of like just like some kind of flying craft of some kind. It's more like a Jetsons car. Yeah. And uh, he says it will take us to our friends. And a long-ass fucking cutscene of watching him fly around. (laughs) <laughs> and then crash. <laughs> and then he crashes. So he is flying obviously across 
multiple places, uh, and he eventually reaches uh, Threeson. Is it Threeson? It's not Tucson and Threed. Excuse me, Threed. He reaches Threed and he crash lands in the graveyard and literally falls through the um the the basically the the caves that have been keeping us in. Yeah, through the ceiling. Yeah. So he 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 parties up with Ness and Paula, and uh, luckily for him, he has a device that can repair, create keys, and so he creates a key for the lock, and we leave. And that's when we begin to explore Freed a little bit more. Um, we can now go back to where we got captured, and continue on through there. Uh, we go through uh, multiple caves, stuff like that. Uh, also, I should mention that uh, Jeff, while you're playing as Jeff Solo, he runs into one of those shining spots, the sound spots, where you fight a boss to get one of the, the melodies, but you can't take it because he doesn't have the soundstone to record it. So we're obviously going to be going there eventually. Um, so we continue on. Uh, through this cave, and we eventually make it to this very strange village. It's called Saturn Village. And there's these little creatures running around, all named Mr. Saturn. They're, <laughs> they're like walking heads that have feet, and they have big noses, and whiskers. I had a very, very weird old computer game when I was a child that was essentially just volleyball, but with characters that looked like this. They had big round heads. And so the whole thing was just about angling, you know, your jumps that you would hit the volleyball so it would go over the net. But the, that was the only thing I could think of when I was looking at these characters, is that they remind me so much of that weird old volleyball game. I remember Mr. Sadden from the Smash Brothers, because he was an item that was pretty much useless. It did no damage whatsoever. Um, but you could throw him at people. Um, so yeah, we run into a village that's ran by Mr. Saturns. They all talk in a funny way. You can read what they're saying, but it's all written weird in the text box. Yeah, almost like a kid wrote it. Yeah. Uh, and the great thing about this village is that the hospital and the hotel are free to use. Yep, over and over. Yes, and it's so nice to level up and grind in this area. So, uh, we eventually have to make it to... We talk to one of the Saturn, and this is more convoluted stuff. Like, it, it feels like I was... like If I didn't have this fact with me, I would just be wandering. Yep, and that that's my... That's the one reason I never would have wanted to play this game or, you know, a lot of these RPGs when they came out is there's just not enough direction. Yeah. Like and what? And, and how would you ever know that that's what you're supposed to do? Even, even when I read this, it barely makes sense. Yeah. So, and that's, I think that's the reason why they gave a strategy guide with the game. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. But, um, so you have to talk to one certain Saturn guy in a cave and he tells you to go to the waterfall, which is right outside of the, of the town, and tell, tell them the password, and then wait under the waterfall for three minutes. If you don't, well, The password is three minutes of silence, right? <laughs> I think so. So if you... Here's the thing. If you knew to do this, and you went to the waterfall, it wouldn't work. You have to first go talk to that little Mr. Saturn guy, then go to the waterfall. Then you go to the waterfall, you press up, you go up under the, like, behind the waterfall, you press up, and there's somebody that says, what's the password? Nothing is said, and then you just sit there and wait. If you if you do it again, you have to wait three more minutes, and literally, you have to sit there and wait three minutes. I browsed fucking Twitter while I waited three minutes. And then the voice says, okay, you can enter. When you go inside, you're in some type of factory? It's like an industrial factory. It's a fly honey factory. And there's a whole bunch of monsters running around. Um, and some of them, if they, you know, they're like, okay, did you bring honey 
for the boss, and if you say yes, he'll let you go free. If you say no, then he'll fight you. And then there's still just some random enemies that'll fight you here. But eventually we're making it to the part where the boss of this place is basically what's turning people into zombies or is, is controlling the zombies. It, it, they're the ones that's making th- threed the way it is. Yeah, there's definitely slime everywhere. And yeah. this guy is like at the center of it all. Yeah. Uh, so there, it's like these little muck people. They look like uh, the... Uh, what's the pose, poison Pokemon? Like Grimer, I think is what they're called. They're like little hmm, slime say, people. Yeah, I was going to say Slimer from Ghostbusters, but a, you know, a, a more physical version that sits on the floor instead of flies around as a ghost. Yeah. Maybe Slimer before he died. <laughs> so um, we eventually make it to the boss's place. What is the boss's name? I can't remember. The Master Belch. Belch. And there, he's a disgusting character. So there's there's been some weird like trash, like you fight trash cans that have come to life, and like stinky ghosts and stuff who do status effects on people. So like they'll make this really bad odor, and it will make your your party cry nonstop, and that's a status effect. And if you're Crying, you have a. It's basically like it's blinding you, so you can't see very well. Or they'll give you the sniffles, and you'll. It's kind of like being poisoned, but not as bad. So when you sneeze, you'll lose hit points each turn and stuff like that. Um. So we have to fight the master Belch. Um. This fight was a little weird for me because I, I. I had to go to the fact that know what to do here. So, um, he he has he can create barriers to keep himself from getting hurt. Yeah, you basically have to do psi attacks on him. If you do any physical attacks, he reflects half of it back at you. Yeah. So, um, I had so Jeff freeze. freeze was the best friend here. With yeah. Paula. Yeah, freeze, and then psi rocking for Ness. And yeah. then I had Jeff just throw bombs at him. Which he still threw back half the damage on. Well. But yeah. I, I figured it was worth it. I needed to get the damage in, so. Yeah. But uh, we take him out, uh, which I should mention, he he does mention the the main boss of this game, uh, Gygus. Yeah. He's working for the Master Gygus. So... This is one of his, I guess, lieutenants. Who knows? Um, yeah, we defeat him, and Threed is now free from the whole zombie apocalypse. And everybody thanks us. And, uh, yay! Everybody's happy. So, uh, after that, we have to go back to uh, the Saturn Valley. So there was one really weird thing that happened at this part, though. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you did it, but there's like the, one of the Mister Saturns offers you coffee, like right when you come out of the cave. Right. And if you have the coffee, uh, you go into like a little dreamlike state. Mm-hmm. It and re- it recaps everything you've done so far. Yeah, essentially. But the the one thing about that that really cracked me up, and I don't know if this is intentional or unintentional, was just the way that this like dream narrator described your two companions. He says, you know, you have with you on this adventure Paula, who is steadfast, kind, and even pretty. She's always at your side. And then for Jeff, it says. Jeff is with you as well. <laughs> and so, like, it sounds like this narrator really likes Paula and Jeff. He doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> Paula's steadfast, kind, pretty, and loyal. Jeff is with you. That's it. He's yeah. over there taking space. So, you know, I, I didn't know if that was intentionally or unintentionally funny, but it was definitely appropriate to Jeff being useless as shit. <laughs> Uh, even the narrator, even the narrator of the game, doesn't like Jeff. Yeah, fuck Jeff. 
Uh, so yeah, um, after going to Saturn Valley, we had to go through another cave to reach Foreside. Now, in order to get there, we had to go through the desert. Uh, originally, I was thinking this is going to be a nightmare. But the de desert is actually pretty easy. You just have to keep walking to the right, and eventually you'll make it <laughs> make it out. Uh, there is one thing, though. When you get off the road and go through the desert, you can suffer heat stroke, which is another status effect. Uh, you can Luckily, I've leveled up Ness enough to where he has the healing ability to heal minor, minor and moderate status effects. Yeah. So wait, we we before we leave though, don't we get the third, uh, the third melody? Is that yeah? That's here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. It's it's on our way to the desert, basically. Uh, it's in that cave. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that's where you yeah. fight the cockroach-looking thing, or no? Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, well, I think you do fight cockroaches. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you know, I don't, we haven't talked about all the ways that they can screw you over when you get mushroomed in this game. Yeah. And it messes up all your controls. Holy shit. That's awkward. That's awkward enough, but then it changes the way it messes up your controls. Yeah. So right will be left. And then all of a sudden now left is right again. Right. And then up could be right. Yeah. I fucking hate that. But if you do get mushroomed, if you find a doctor, he will actually buy the mushroom from you for 50 bucks. Yeah, I thought that was funny. So I think you get this, and then you head back to Threed, and then from Threed you take a bus out to the desert. I did not take the bus. You didn't take the bus? No. You walked all the way? I walked all the way. Damn. Yep. It's a long enough walk, even if you do take the bus. I know. So I, I walked because I didn't know where the fuck to go to get to the bus. So I was like, all right, I'm just walking. So I walked and uh, made it to the desert where there's a traffic jam. So even if you do take the bus, there's a traffic jam you can't get through. So you have to go through the desert. Uh, on our way through the desert, we see that there is a mine. There's a guy who um, is trying to find buried treasure in a mine. Uh We'll come back to that later. So, I, wait, I had one question before we get to the desert, and that's about these sanctuaries. Okay. They must obviously be important in the game. Yes. Do, so far, do you think they mean anything? Uh, so we've seen three of them so far. A giant step, little tiny baby steps. Right. And then the third one was a, a milky well. So it's just like a tiny, tiny pond full of white water. Okay. Do we think these three things have anything in common, or are you know are they on some kind of theme? You know what what do these sanctuary spots mean, or what do they have in common? That I don't know. Um, I I honestly don't know. It must be something though. I I, I don't want to look it up because right now it's like the only mystery in the game, right? So it's the only thing that I'm like, oh, I kind of want to see, you know, what, how these things tie together. Right. I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I've, I've seen, like I said, I've seen the ending to this game, but I do not know. Hmm. Um, and I can't even remember the ending, so. <laughs> but yeah, we get the third sound, um, or third mm -hmm. melody, I should say. And then after that. Uh, we move on to the desert. Uh, like I said, we run into a guy who's uh, looking for buried treasure in a cave. We're going to come back to that. We make it to Foreside. Uh, when we make it to Foreside, see, that's the thing. Here's more convolutedness. Once I made it to Foreside, there is no where, where we go next. The department store is closed. It won't let you won't let you go in there. There's a hotel. There's a hospital. Stuff like that. But you wouldn't know where to go. And even then, you wouldn't know where to go. So, you go to another uh, concert venue. You have to pay 30 bucks to get a ticket. 
and you go talk to the manager. Well, uh, the uh, Runaway 5 is going to be playing there, but they owe this person money too. So, and they say, oh, you probably need a lot of gold. So I'm guessing that's your hint to go back to the fucking cave in the desert? I guess. I mean, I was following the fact, and they don't even tell you to do anything at the theater until after you've already gone through the desert cave. See, I so there's even yeah. there's even less rationale for, for going out back out to the desert where you just came from. Yeah, see, I went and talked to the guy, or to the, to the woman that, that the band owes money to, and then I went back to the cave. How did, man, like, how did people figure this out? I mean, obviously, that's I think that's the reason why they had a fucking strategy guide with the game. Yeah, it comes off as a nice, oh, here's this bonus that we'll throw in for you. Yeah. But instead, it's like, oh, shit, nobody can finish this game, so we better give you some hints. I bet you that's what happened, because I, I guarantee you this game came out in Japan, and people complained that I didn't know what the fuck to do. And they said, okay, when we release it in the United States, let's give it a strategy guide with it. I bet you that's what happened. But we go back to the cave, and this fucking place is a maze. And it's guarded, so the guy who's looking for buried treasure, he tells us that there's five moles that are guarding everything, and we need to to run them out. So we have to go through this maze while trying to defeat all these moles, which are basically mini-boss fights. At this point, I've already got Ness at like level thirty-four, and the fact mm. says the fact says, "Oh, you should be around level twenty-seven." So I'm kind of overpowered. Yes, I absolutely was not overpowered. This part of the game almost broke me. Really? So when I came to a mole, which is supposed to be like a boss fight, I used. So I, I have leveled up Paula enough to where she has learned the third uh, ice. So that's one thing we didn't mention is that there are tiers of spells in this game, psychic abilities. Uh, and you start off with the alpha, then you can get the beta, then you can get the omega version. They cost more PP to use, but they are much more powerful. And I was able to get Paula leveled up to the point where she learned the omega version of the freeze and that fucking wrecks these moles i'm talking there was at least three of those mole boss fights where i used the ice omega and it killed them instantly wow see my my, i I had a real trouble with this cave i mean I, i wasn't leveled up that much i was probably 27 or so yeah uh i didn't have a whole lot i hadn't been banking specific items really my inventory's at least half full of junk items, to be honest with you. So I had, you know, a couple of bombs, a couple of rockets. I think I had one or two, the cup of life noodles that allow you to resurrect a character on the spot. And I, I just, I didn't realize that this cave was going to be tough. So I kind of made my way into the cave, but it was just the normal characters that were like draining me of life and pp and all that so by the time i got to this one little midsection point where there's a couple of mice so we encountered them earlier and it's called like an exit mouse yeah so i was hoping because so by the time i got to that point i i basically had nothing left and i had only killed one mole and uh and i'm like shit all right well i'm gonna use this mouse to get out of here except that i i took the exit mouse's son mouse, baby mouse, the first time. Yeah. And then immediately shipped it off to the Escargot Express. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> and so I couldn't get his other son. He wouldn't give me his other son. Apparently he didn't like the way I treated his first one. And so I was screwed. I I was going to have to lose an hour or two of gameplay. And I just, I wasn't ready to do that. So, I you know, I just kept kind of, I would go down one hallway, die, because to me, even the regular characters in this section were brutal. Like, uh, I think it was like the cockroach. The cockroaches, there was the the ropes. There was like coils of rope Yeah. that were somehow anthropomorphized. Animated. Yeah. And so, like, all of these things were just draining me. And 
So luckily, the the moles themselves, the mini bosses, weren't terribly difficult because I basically what I would do is I would save my game and then I would fight the boss and I would have to do it four, five, six times until I got lucky. Or, I, you know, I got like one of those smash, like a critical hit. Yeah. And was, was able to kill him without using a an item, you know, and I, and I had like one bomb. I had one large bottle of rocket. So I had to ration those out. So I used one item from Jeff on each mole, you know, and I and I didn't have that much PP left. So I could only do a beta freeze one time on each mole. And I was down to nothing. You know, I'd eaten every single thing in my inventory. Um. Just really getting lucky at that point and just hoping I could find my way out. Cause not, not only could I not, so my, my plan was to use the exit mouse or find the exit and then go all the way back to foreside, you know, resurrect and stay at the hotel and then go back in and finish off the other moles. Right. But I, I couldn't get out of the maze either. You know, I, I couldn't kill the moles. I couldn't escape. You know, I, I was, I was kind of screwed and I just, barely, you know, by the skin of my teeth, used every item and got lucky just as many times as I needed to in order to finish that part up. But that's when I thought, mm, yeah, I probably need to do some more leveling. <laughs> yeah. I somehow got lucky with the leveling in threed and was able to, um, and was able to, uh, just kind of breeze through this. I think I died once. So, so what ends up happening is, is if one of my characters go down, I then spend the rest of the, the area going around and just hitting, you know, attack the standard attacks and letting them whittle me down to where I had to go back to my last, where I last saved that and hopefully get a few levels there. Cause like when somebody goes down, I, I have no way of resurrecting them. So I don't want them to miss out on that experience points by beating bosses and shit. Yeah. So, so that's basically what I do is, okay, when somebody goes down, all right, I'm this, the rest of this time, I'm trying to get myself killed. So that way I can just start over fresh kind of thing. But after, uh, beating all the moles, um, we leave the, uh, the cave, tell the guy, and uh, then we go back to Forson, Forside, Forson, Forside, Tucson, Threeson, and Forson. Yeah, we might as well just call him that. We go back <laughs> to Forside, and um, uh, the one of the um, one of the well, miners what, stops us. One quick question: Why was there any context for why all the moles wanted to be the third strongest? I don't know. That was the weird thing about it because I fought them in a weird order anyway. Yeah, but they all said third, like no matter what order you fought them in. Yeah, I'm the second strongest to the third, or I'm, you know, I'm the third. Like when you when oh, I finally reached the third guy, he's like, I'm the third one. Like, you, you, good luck beating me. I'm like, well, you're not the strongest. You're the third strongest. So, it's, yeah. It, it, once again, this game is goofy. <laughs> it's goofy as it hell. Is. Some of it, like when I saw that, I'm like, okay, there's a quirk, you know. I, I, they all think they're third strongest out of five, but why? Yeah. So, some of the things kind of, I, I get, and I think they're funny, but things like that, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm missing the joke. Yeah. I just, it's just goofy to me. A lot of this game is just pure goofiness. Yeah. Like the way they name the cities. All right, I think that's funny because. You know, those are the order that you go to those cities in. Yeah. So, um, when we make it, we're going across the bridge to go to Forside. Which, what, what, what's this town supposed to be? I wonder. There's a big ass bridge. Is that, is that the Golden Gate Bridge? Are we in San Francisco? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know. yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So, um, uh, one of the miners stops us and gives us a diamond. Says thank you for getting rid of the moles. We then go back to Foreside and go to the venue. I have to buy another fucking ticket. I have to spend thirty bucks to get another ticket just so I can talk to this fucker. <laughs> and that pissed me off because I have to first go to an ATM and get money and then walk all the way to the venue. Um, we go give the uh, the diamond to the uh, venue owner. And the debt is paid. 
We didn't have to watch the fucking concert again. Uh, which is the exact same every time. Well, this time it yeah. had, this time it had a dancer. It's not that exciting the first time you see it. Exactly. And uh, that's where I left off. I saved uh, my game. I, I stayed at the hotel, saved the game. Also, they're staying at swanky fucking hotels. $250 a night for a 13-year-old? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Who somehow has like $40,000 in the bank all of a sudden? Yeah, I've got forty grand. I've got His dad's that. loaded. His dad is loaded. Every time you beat an enemy, he's like, good job, son. Here's 200 bucks. That's how you get money in the game. Like enemies don't drop money. You beat multiple enemies, and when you go back to town and you call your dad, he'll tell you how much uh, experience you need to level up, and he also deposits money into your bank account for doing such a good job. <laughs> uh, have you got homesick yet? Yes, I have gotten homesick. Yeah, so Ness will periodically get homesick, and then you have to call your mom and talk to her to get over the homesickness. And if you're homesick during battle, sometimes when it's Ness's turn, who is the strongest character in your party will sometimes be like, Ness thought of home, or Ness yeah, thought of ha- eating a nice big steak. Yeah, very distracted. He's very distracted. So, uh, but yeah, that's where I stopped. I stopped, uh, saved at the hotel, stopped there. I have to now go to the department store because something's going on at the department store. And according yeah. to you and according to the fact, this is the hardest part of Earthbound. Yeah, I think between the cave and this part so far. I mean, I got to this part in the department store, so I'm only a few minutes ahead of you. Uh-huh. Except I died immediately. So that coupled with how hard it was to get through the desert, I said, all right, I'm going to do some grinding. And I've spent the last three hours of gameplay grinding. Wonderful. Just. Just walking in loops. But I, I was also way, way under-leveled relative to you. Right. So right now, I think Ness is at, like, level 35, 36. Paul is at, like, level 32. Jeff's at, like, level 31, somewhere around there. So I just bumped Ness up to 43. Holy shit. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go at least two more levels before I go back to the department store. Gotcha. I could, I, I could probably get through it now, I think. Because I've gone up probably eight to ten levels just from grinding. Right. Um, but it's funny because some of the levels they get excited about and there's all kinds of, oh, so I'm so excited. And then there's other levels when you hit like level 37, you know, two stats might increase by one point and that's it. Is that random? I don't know if it's ran. I don't think it's random because it seems to me like the bigger ones are always the – Round number one, so like 35 is a big one, 40 is a big one. Okay. And I feel like it's 36 and 37, you know, some of the odd in-between ones that are not as big. Although, you know, that that's not always the case because I did have a couple of random ones. I think when Jeff hit 36, it was a big one. I don't know. So, second episode of this, what do you think, Matt? What do you What are your thoughts on this game? Um, I, I think it's a really interesting game. Um, it's, it's quirky, which I really like it. I was going to say it wasn't super hard, but you had to be a little bit careful in the beginning be just because a random hit could kill you. And it, it's sort of weird because now random hits don't usually kill me, but overall it's gotten a lot harder. So the, I, I'm still trying to figure out whether I like the combat but I, from that sense. But what I would say is that, in general, the combat has gotten much better because it's no longer just hit basic attack and chain that together six times and then battle over. So now with multiple characters, one of them essentially forced to use magic. Um, and then between Ness and Polly, you've got two characters. They can do shields. They can do... Um, they can do like PP drains. They can do, uh, you know, just so many different life up. They can cure illnesses. They can heal. They can do support functions with all of that stuff. And with 
not being over leveled so that I kind of needed to use that stuff. It did the, the the farther into the game we get, the more the better the combat's getting, I think. Uh, except that there are still a fair number of cheap enemies. Yeah. That there, there's one enemy I think in in the department store that always does a double attack and can do 110 points of damage per attack. Oh God. So one one hit, you know, one double hit on say Jeff, he doesn't have 220 life, so he's dead. Yeah. First first hit from this guy, and he's dead. Jesus Christ. He's not. Yeah. So that that's the kind of thing that's a little bit aggravating. And then all of the different status effects, like they put me to sleep, so now this guy is going to do four hits on me before I get another sh- shot. So you know, I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's necessarily bad or good. I mean, it, it's it's a thing that has to be sort of worked around. Uh, it's the thing that caused me to realize I need to do some grinding. So, uh, you know, I, the, overall, um, the combat's quite a bit better. The story, I don't know. There is no story. <laughs> so that that part's a little bit disappointing, but I think that's far outweighed by all of the interesting things the game does uh, from a humor perspective. But more than that, from, you know, sort of the, the mechanics perspective and just how you play the game, I think, is, is pretty reasonable. If, if there had just been sort of an overworld map and if I had some indication in-game of what my next objective was, I would have loved this game when I was younger. Well, um, but I, you know, I, I'd like to see some characters have a little bit more to them, but again, that, that's not really what this game is about, so you know, maybe I don't really care that much. Well, In the end, as long as the combat's fun... The minute to minute, you know, just playing the game is okay. You know, I'm I'm okay with it. It's certainly interesting. I'm enjoying it. I'm not. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm absolutely loving it, but I would say I'm enjoying it. All right. Well, that's uh. That I mean, I yeah. I'm I'm in the same mindset as you. Uh, there's certain mechanics that are really weird, and you kind of have to. It's it's one of those classic. You have to play the game the way it wants you to play it. Um. But I feel like some of the stuff allows me to brute force it. In fact, this entire game feels like I'm brute forcing it. Um, and I'm fine with by that. The, by that, do you mean over leveling, grinding your way so that you can just overpower everybody without? Like, yeah, I mean the game. The game's kind of structured like that. That's the weird thing about it is that when you die, you don't lose anything. So it's basically like, okay, now go through it again and beat the living shit out of everything. You know, it's it, that's that's kind of how it's acting. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. So I mean, I'm I. So far, I'm enjoying my time with it. It, it. Like I've never been bored with it or anything like that. There's a few tedious things, like you know, having to go back to the hospital and the, like a yeah. lot of the walking and stuff like that. And every once in a while, you get that bullshit. Oh, he got a smash on me and fucking killed Paula. Great. Now, I have yeah. to, now I have to do this all over again. So, so be, because this game kind of. I don't know if it encourages grinding, but it kind of does. You know, it's it's built around you're going to have to grind at some point. Yeah, it's the kind of game that I would love to play, like on a PSP, because I've always loved playing or my Vita. I've I've always loved playing those the these type of RPGs where I could just say, yeah, I got a half hour. I'm just going to grind for a half hour. That's fine. That's all I want to do for the next half hour. Right. These these are the type of RPGs I really do like to play on a handheld of some sort. Which is why it was a little upsetting that it wasn't available on the 2DS or the 3DS. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing on the Wii U, and there's one great thing about the Wii U. It has a save state. So you can just say, you want to stop here? Yes. And it saves it. Uh, so does it, does it act as an in-game save, or is it more like an emulator save, where it just saves over the top of the game? It's like an emulator save. But I also save in-game as well. But since I've never actually turned that game off... I constantly get phone calls from my dad saying, "Hey, you've been playing a really long time. Why don't you take a break?" <laughs> yeah, and I'm me like, too. No, I don't want to take a fucking break. So, I always say yes, but then just don't take a break. Dad's so far away, he's not going to know. Exactly. I've never even met dad. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, that's it for us. Um, no emails, guys. Send us an email, please. Talk about Earthbound, even if you haven't played it. Tell me what you thought about it. Whenever you heard about it, I don't care. Send me an email. Somebody must love this game, right? Obviously. It's got a huge cult following. 
I swear to God, uh, apparently on Raw the other night, uh, somebody was holding up a sign in the background saying, localized Mother 3. <laughs> and I saw it on Twitter today, and I was like, huh, how relevant. Um, but yeah, uh, you can send us an email at drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Played a good amount. We covered a lot of this game. I'd say we're a little bit less than halfway through it. I think we plan on doing two more episodes, hopefully, depending on if we get majorly suck. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to be an issue. Yeah, I don't think so, because I feel like the more characters we get, I mean, I guess we only have one more, but it gives us a bit more versatility. Yeah. So whether the game really ramps up the difficulty to compensate for that, I guess we'll find out. Right. Uh, also, here's here's another thing I forgot to mention. Ness is a silent protagonist. He does not talk in this game. Has Jeff said anything yet? Uh, Has he? He must have. I don't think he has. I don't know what he said, though. I seriously don't think he has said a word in this game. Paula has. Yeah, Paula will shut up, invading people's dreams and shit just to talk. We'll find out, because when we get who, I don't know. He may be a silent protagonist, too. Well, that would be weird. Yeah. It could be that because Paula is the catalyst for this story, that she has the voice. Presumably, he is talking, though, right? He uses payphones. He uses phones. Yeah. So we don't hear what Ness is saying, but he must be saying something. I mean, how does he... He must be telling the people at the hospital who he wants to get, and he must be paying for a room in the hotel. So he must actually be speaking. That's the same way with, like, you know, Gordon Freeman or fucking Link from Legend of Zelda. I mean, Link's obviously saying stuff to people, but you don't ever get dialogue from him. You don't read anything that he's saying. Yeah. And, uh, like, like, for some reason, I found it weird that Ness, you'd think that Ness is the main character. He was the party, you know, the party leader. He's basically you, while all the other party members would talk. But I don't think Jeff has said anything. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to have to pay attention to that now. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we're going to be back next week, hopefully. Uh, I don't. I, I think everything will line up fine uh, to uh, continue more Earthbound. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great one. We'll be back next week with the continuation of Earthbound. Earthbound.